Brought to you by Big Comedy Network. Hi, it's me, Yamanina Bimadam. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to Pillow Fight. If you love the games, the guests, and the gossip that we have every week, please be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate and review. That helps me out a lot. And if you're on Twitter, you can follow us at Pillow Fight Pod. So yeah, enjoy the episode. If you're following me on literally any platform, you probably know just how much I poop. And let me tell you, wiping your butt raw with toilet paper does not remove all the shit that's sitting on it. Thankfully, there's now a sleek bidet attachment that clips onto your existing toilet and sprays your butt completely clean with fresh water. It's called Tushy, and it's the best thing you can do for your butt. Tushy sprays directly to your ass and removes the poop completely, so you aren't sitting on bacteria that leads to nasty things like hemorrhoids, yeast infections, UTIs, and itchy assholes. And a Tushy bidet cuts toilet paper use by 80%, so it pays for itself in just a few months. Join millions of happy Hello Tushy customers, including me, right now, and have a clean butt with every flush. Go to hellotushy.com yams to get 10% off your order. That's hellotushy.com slash Y-A-M-Z. Pillow fight, pillow fight. Is yours made of goose? We got feathers flying everywhere. Mine's made of goose. Pillow fight, pillow fight. This is so fun. Pillow fighting. Why is it so fun? Pillow fight. Today on Pillow Fight, I'm joined by Bridget Foley, a New York-based comedian, actress, and party host extraordinaire, who you can find on Twitter and Instagram, at Bridget M. Foley. This is a special episode of Pillow Fight because on this episode, I dared Bridget to unfollow someone on Twitter who she had been meaning to unfollow for a while. We recorded it last week and it ended up being Chrissy Teigen, and that very night was the night that Chrissy Teigen ended up deleting her Twitter. So please stay tuned for Bridget basically foreshadowing that for all of us. Fuck. Mary. Kill. Fuck, Mary, kill. Okay, so for fuck, Mary, kill, the first option is that following uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's bombshell interview with Oprah, Prince Harry has signed on as the chief impact officer of BetterUp, a mental wellness tech startup based out of Silicon Valley. Number two, on the 15th anniversary of Hannah Montana, Miley Cyrus penned a letter to her former teen pop sensation alter ego. And in the letter, she like detailed all of the life experiences that happened to her while filming the show and like how they shaped her and everything. And And number three, uh, the Screen Actors Guild penned an agreement last month announcing the inclusion of influencers into their union, which is originally intended for television and radio artists. So now influencers will be covered by SAG-AFTRA as long as they, you know, meet the requirements. So fuck Mary Kill, Prince Harry's new job, Miley's letter to Hannah, and unionizing the influencers, what would you do? Okay. Um, I'm going to say... I'm gonna fuck unionizing the influencers because 
it is seductive on its face, always, <laughs> for more people to be in unions, always. And the more people that can be in a union and under contract, the better. Um, and there is, you know, a widespread kind of inequity amongst which influencers get what deals and who gets seen and when they are seen, when they're compensated. So the, the, the disparities are obvious, but it's also like... Does the influencer who lives in like a three story home and has their own drink at Dunkin' Donuts, like, <laughs> are they the most vulnerable in the entertainment community who have really taken a hit in the middle of this pandemic? I don't know. So there is, I, I, I don't know the exact stipulations, right? Where we're merely riffing on premise, but I, I'm going to fuck influencers in the union because there may be, I may need to ghost at a later point. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. I want to see how this rolls out yeah totally i'm gonna marry i think i think the choices are obvious now i'm gonna marry the letter to hannah montana from miley cyrus i mean that is such a theme of the pandemic i think nurturing our younger selves i'm i should probably write a letter to my younger self everybody should i feel like it's a it's a healing practice Absolutely. And I feel like just the nature of the way socialization is happening right now, it's all online. It's so social media driven that I I personally, I feel I'm reverting to this like middle school-esque kind of hyper-analyzation of every single tit-for-tat interaction and every emoji and like Mm -hmm. fucking punctuation choice. It's like if you, and I understand it's unfair, it's a lot of projection, but like one too many ellipses with me and I will like begin to spiral and be like, me too. So when did you start hating me? And when can we make it stop? And I'm trying to be more gentle with others and with myself because I think I'm holding a little bit of a double standard with myself where I'm like, I can take all the time in the world to respond to this. This little heptagon on Instagram told me it was okay for me to ignore that. And then when other people don't get it back to me, I'm just like, so what do you do? Like picking your belly button lint? Like, why are you not? what's uh, the deal i think it's also like in the before times uh if someone didn't respond to you or get back to you there was like plausible deniability as to what they were doing if they're busy whatever now like most of people's worlds are online so it's like if i'm interacting on twitter and i'm not responding to people's texts it's like they know exactly what i'm doing and they get to judge if they think it's like priority enough to not be responding to their texts which is very weird mm-hmm. to me i think i've gotten much worse at responding to texts in the pandemic just because it feels like there is so much pressure on it that I like put it away and then I forget to come back to it. Whereas I used yeah. to be like, I used to be like right away, I would text back. Oh, me too. Yeah. In replacement of physical spaces, some of my online spaces kind of like take the place of physical space in yeah. my brain. Like, oh, sorry, I can't respond to that message right now. I am in the Basset Hound TikTok department. <laughs> this is like a physical space in my brain and I cannot respond because I'm there presently and I will get back to you eventually. What's in the Basset Hound TikTok department? Um, a bunch of, you know, it's the Basset Hounds flopping around, being cute. And then I would absolutely kill mental health startups. That to me is like a very, I feel like something is evoked out of the universe when that phrase is uttered. It's very insidious to me. It's very tainted because it's antithetical. Mental health startups. It's an oxymoron, for sure. It is an oxymoron. You cannot center or at least in my opinion, you cannot center truly sustainable, helpful practices for one's mental health around productivity and capitalism. You cannot do it. 
eventually these yeah. these things will get at each other. And I think that's becoming more and more apparent in the infographic universe. The pandemic, the infographic universe, like the therapist influencer pipeline. It's kind of wild. And there, and, there, and it's a little bit of a, the whole self-improvement kind of thing. I believe mm-hmm. it's starting to become a little bit of a displacement of responsibility on the part of, we won't pass Medicare for all. We won't give everybody housing. We won't do yeah. these fundamental like new deal things that we know would solve these problems, but we're going to push self-improvement until the day people fucking croak. Yeah. So they feel yeah. that it's their responsibility to solve all these problems. Yes. So. Cause it's like you, everything is like, you are responsible for all of your like condition like your material conditions and that's like so not true like people get lucky fire breathing cannot pay the rent man it's like (laughs) there's a certain point where this shit just can't compensate i think it's truly wild that like they're the tech startup mental wellness space is very like trying to um put a measurement on every single thing and like give it it's not that's like not how it works yeah, it's displacing the responsibility. And I think, first of all, the job description that Harry has, it, that's not a real thing. It's like manager to the supervisor of coordinator of stuff and things and tasks. Like it's not, it's like a Nathan for you made up role. What is he even going to be doing? He's, I think he's the CIO. So it's a pretty big role. But okay, something that's funny to me is that the, the company is called Better Up and it's a mental wellness startup. Better Help is like the online therapy. I'm like, is that not like going to, going to clash? Are they not going to get in trouble? For are that? they, are they not incorporated or are they? I didn't seem like it. I mean, companies are constantly buying each other out, like freaking the dinosaurs just chewing each other's heads off. So maybe this is, you know, where this is headed. But I, Mm -hmm. yeah, that seems to be... a situation that's not tenable if they are competitors <laughs> better up and better help maybe they are just like different parts see better help is flat but better up you're going up do you see the difference there once you've been better helped you need to go better up you need to better up <laughs> <Those> steps <laughs> better help's not gonna be enough it's a ladder yeah i would also kill this new job of prince harry's because i don't know i think it's really sad to see a man that you like almost respect to become a tech bro. I think it's really heartbreaking. I think it's, um, you know, I saw it happen to, to some, it, it happens to the best of us, I think. And it, mm-hmm. it, you know, in college, I lost a lot of great people to <laughs> startups and it was really upsetting. And so I would kill Prince Harry's new job because like it's, I've been down that road so many times and it's never ended well. And so it's like, why would I go back to that? And um, I don't think we need a mental wellness startup. I think that people need to find their own ways of healing and we need to uh, crumble the system. And I think I would actually marry unionizing the influencers because I think like, okay. yeah, it's like probably, I don't think that the requirements are like so that like only people who can get protections are like charlie d'amelio's i think it's like mm-hmm. as long as you have done you don't there's no followers requirement i think it's just like you have to have made a certain like done a certain amount of like partnerships in order to mm-hmm. in order to like be able to get your card the same way like if you're an actor you have to like work like right. be in like, like i don't know how many the number is you have to be in a certain amount of you have to have a certain amount of 
have credits to get your cards is the same way. But um, when I was like briefly reading about it, they were just this like person who was like heading this agreement was talking about how just like all work is work. And, you know, we need to stop like exploitation from work on the internet is like so common, which I think like is really something mm-hmm. I've also been noticing in the pandemic because like everything's online now. And it's like, it's hard because it's so much easier to like get noticed or get attention or build a platform now than it was before. But it's so much harder to capitalize on it, I guess, if that's like what you want to do. But it takes so much time and effort to like create content all the time if that's what you're doing. And um, I think it's like if if these people are going to be going hand in hand with like these corporations i feel like they should have protection so yeah and then i would fuck the miley hannah montana letter because it just feels like to me it's like a childhood friend who like comes into town and like you have them stay at your house oh like you're my childhood friend i never saw you in this way now like that you're here like okay it feels like one of those things and then you go (laughs) then you go back to being kind of friends forever it's like whatever you know But um, no, I was like noticing, I've been thinking about this lately also, especially in the pandemic. I'm just have a magnifying glass on every single thing I do. But I have noticed that like, I obviously am on all these devices all the time, but I can't watch TV in bed on my computer because now it's like my computer is not my friend anymore. It's like I have a relationship to it that is like work. It's like business. Like I don't want to like after business hours, I don't want to be on my computer anymore. Like I want to be on other devices, the like fun devices. Like I want to play on my phone or like watch something on an iPad or like watch something on the TV. Okay. I don't want to be on my computer anymore after after like 6 p.m. And it's um very weird. It's like a very weird thing that I have like emotional relationships to pieces of technological equipment. Yeah. You need like you need like a mullet relationship with your computer. You need like a business in the front party in the back to to reconcile. I don't know what to do because I think that like if my computer had a different life outside of my home, I think I would feel that way a little bit more towards it. Like if I took it to work and I did stuff on it at work and I came home and at home I had fun on it, it would be different. But now it's like mm-hmm. I'm doing work in my bedroom. It sounds to me like you need to take the computer on a very nice date. I think you need to go to the park and take the laptop like in on a little like gondola ride around around the little canal. She's going to die of charge though. She's going to die of charge. <laughs> He's just taking a nap. <laughs> if, he, if, if, if it's the if it's the physical space is the issue, well, then maybe there needs to be a change of scenery. Totally. I, yeah, it's definitely like wow. We need to go to we need to go to couples therapy. Me and my computer. <laughs> it, it, that's what it sounds like. We need to go and get on better up. Yeah. Well, and and this introduction of the tablet and and the phone. It sounds like you're kind of like unicorn corning your laptop that's kind of what it sounds like you're you're introducing a third or fourth I think my phone is my number one my phone is my best friend maybe like my bff my biffle and my computer is like 
my husband of many years who I've grown tired of. Yeah, that's fair. And maybe I think I think the iPad is probably like he's fun. You bump into him at the gym. Yeah. Like the looky loo and not much is coming of it, but the potential, the potential. I'm like, oh, my God, if you were explaining this to a pilgrim, they would they would pass out. They would fizzle out. Yeah, they would just implode. The fact that I have a literally emotionally charged relationship to every device is insane. <laughs> you you might want to go on, you know, if people tweet about these things, they're called wah. And it's something <laughs> maybe to consider if the devices are clinging to you in this way. Go in nature. Go. I don't know. I It's hard. I'm like... <laughs> I'm so addicted to technology also. It's like so bad, but... Maybe you need to do a little Jared Leto and go off the grid for a hot second. The thing is also like now that I'm literally in an internet-based long-distance relationship right. too, and it's like how I have to be... Me- the devices mediate that. Yeah. And also, okay, Christopher has relationships to my devices too. He doesn't like it when I FaceTime him from my phone because he thinks that it's not like stable enough and it like moves around and like the sound is weird and so he prefers it if I FaceTime him from my computer but then it's like if I bring it into bed with me I'm like ugh, like I don't want my computer in bed with me we all have relationships to other people's phones that's fascinating yeah I kind of have to say I'm very single that I would I would let a woman FaceTime me from a toaster if that is what it took at this rate <laughs> Uh, ladies, if you have a toaster and um, <laughs> uh, it's available, I can highly recommend her. She comes with uh, great references. She's beautiful. She's funny. She's smart. She has an amazing eyeshadow look on right now. I wish you could see it. Would you rather, would you rather, would you rather, let's play a game of would you rather. Okay, so you and I were briefly talking recently about how, like, um, you saw a lamp by Ellen DeGeneres at Home Goods. Home Sense. This is an important distinction. Okay, what's the difference? Home Sense is the more curated, more classy and refined Home Goods. Home Goods does not have her shit together. Home Sense has a bullet journal. Does this okay. make sense? Yes. Like, there yes. is, they totally they are related, but. Um, home sense makes home goods very insecure at the family kind of get together. Home sense is in STEM. Home goods is on a podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay, well, you saw an Ellen Jenner's lamp at Home Sense. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about how a lot of celebrities have really random brands. I Like, everyone has 10 weird perfumes. Mm-hmm. The one, when I was thinking about this and I was thinking about celebrities who have random, like, brand partnerships, I was thinking that I see Jessica Simpson all over merchandise all the time, more than I have ever seen her in any sort of media as a celebrity. And yeah, um, she's the master at that. She's the master. Like everything. She has every, she has shoes. She has cookware. She has. Oh, the Jessica Simpson shoes, the Jessica Simpson shoes, purple patent leather with the wood heel and the peep toe. That was a moment. 
mm-hmm. in the mid 2000s and it's yeah. and it's continued she's like a mainstay at Kohl's yeah I definitely wore her shoes to like eighth grade promotion dance and I was oh. like I'm wearing heels and I felt so fabulous if it were not for her I don't know if I would have survived bar and bar bat mitzvah season mm-hmm. in middle school she got I, us through I, I, yeah she did yeah but I want to know if you would rather only be able to own things that were Jessica Simpson collaboration branded items, or if you willingly work the job as the correspondent who helps Ellen create and dream up the vision of all of her partnerships. Um, well, there, there, there are pros to both sides here. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I think as, as we noted, Jessica Simpson has such a range of products that I, you know, I don't know what she's up to right now, but I'm sure she has evolved with the trends and the times and then also has such a wealthy canon that some pieces of hers, I'm sure, are certifiably vintage now. Mm -hmm. So there is a big collection there. But working with Ellen, I sure I'd maybe be yelled at and have like a plant thrown at me, but I could be on the inside for her downfall. Yes. The two wolves inside of me, the, the one side that wants safety and stability is going to Jessica Simpson. The, the more menacing side of me is going towards Ellen. And I, I think we're, we're going to go with working with See, I have the same answer, but I think it's almost the opposite. My stability side is like, that's probably like a really like stable job. It's probably well-paying. I probably like, to be honest, I feel like Ellen's probably not that involved in this process. And I just get to make whatever creative decisions I want oh, and absolutely. say that I'm working with a celebrity. Whereas like owning only Jessica Simpson items feels like a very particular aesthetic and way of life that definitely definitely is like might have you know some quirks involved but I feel like we're kind of seeing in this like there is such like an admiration for Y2K nostalgia that like I feel like I would see like a really glowing Mm -hmm. profile in the cut of like a girl who is like I lived for a year using only Jessica Simpson products this (laughs) is what I learned about myself and my sense of capital G girlhood it's definitely a risk you have to be positioned correctly Mm -hmm. I think that that could go really well or it could be rough yeah I think I would also work with Ellen because it's like I could I would have inside information on Ellen I'd have a stable job I would uh you know probably get to do something creative and uh say I worked with celebrities and so yeah this is even assuming she's part of the process and and not even just like one phone call where she's like okay fine I mean like the lamp I saw it was the most boring fugly thing it was like beige it was distinctly mediocre there was nothing about it that was Ellen well it looked very much like if you thought if you think Ellen has a lamp brand. Underwhelming. It was not the kind of lamp that would make me dance through the the audience, frankly. I don't think that Ellen yelling at me would really... I think I would find it funny. Like, I don't know. I think I just, like... I think I might, too. I... is Because I... When I imagine her yelling, I just imagine her getting, like, very red in the face and kind of stamping around and like yeah I think I would just giggle and I think that's why she's so so dependent on scaring others as like a gag is mm-hmm. because she kind of feel pow- feels powerless 
Alice herself. So she's like, I'm going to make people jump out of boxes yeah. because I feel so out of control and so not in myself that like I need to go to extreme ends to... See, I feel like I'm the exact opposite of Ellen where I think that I a lot of people always tell me that I seem intimidating or scary or whatever but I think that like I'm generally pretty agreeable and friendly (laughs) I don't know I think yeah (laughs) but most everyone who gets close to me they're like they're always like oh I was I really thought you were like a bitch when I met you Ellen I think is opposite so I think that see see I I get told that too and at this point at this point that comment to me is just like say that shit to yourself because I kind of like hear that and I'm just like man like what are the prior relationships and societal like internalized misogyny things especially when it comes to another woman I'm like what are what are the compounding layers here that are influencing you to say that because it often it may not even have anything to do with me and to shoulder like oh I'm intimidating like that makes me feel like crap (laughs) I from men I assume it's like men who are like threatened by the fact Mm -hmm. that I'm not like scared of them and then for women I would I like I honestly I'm like it's insecurity and jealousy and I'm like I I hope that you get well soon jealousy is a disease get well soon bitch and even even if like Zendaya decided she didn't like me I'd be like she's just jealous Cause that's my coping mechanism. That's how I get through it. <laughs> you know? I was gonna say, like, if, if she didn't like me, I feel like I would need to go take a that would be the nail in my coffin. I'd need to go take a long walk in the wood walk in the woods. I would cry, but then I would be like, she's just jealous. Like, you know, she wants what I have, which is, you know, um, what is it? I don't know. We actually share a birthday. So we they, do? I, 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 no, not you and <laughs> not you and me. Me, oh. me and her. Oh, we okay. were both born on September first. Oh, I love it. Cute. So we're birthday buddies, and that would make it even worse if she didn't like me because we are of one. I mean, separate years, but we are. We have the same alignments and everything. So. Doesn't it really suck when when um, someone who shares your birthday is like someone you don't like? Okay, so. Yes, there was a time when I shared a birthday with a few different people Mm -hmm. in high school. Like there were two other September 1st birthdays. I didn't dislike either of them, but like I felt bad because one of them was kind of like in the same like drama club, whatever bubble. And like, this is such like a cunt thing to say, but they would always forget it was her birthday. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't even do anything like in high school big for my, actually, no, I did. I would throw big parties, but like, I love hosting. Oh, me too. Me too. I love hosting so much and I missed it I I, I love planning events like I love thinking up drinks I love thinking up like hors d'oeuvres love themes I love costumes I the whole thing for Bridget I didn't think you were intimidating I thought you were an amazing incredible party host that's the vibe I got from you right away and I was right Bridget is the kind of person who throws a party and like all the drinks have special names and there's like yes 
I just, I knew it. I had that feeling and I, I, I feel like I am too. So, you know, that's yeah. For my 16th birthday party, was it? Yeah. We threw an alien themed party at my house and like tarped all the walls. And like, there was mylar everywhere. Costumes were mandatory. There were all sorts of blue lights. My mom took an old like patio umbrella, covered it in tin foil. So it would be like a UFO in the backyard that people could take photos with. That's so cool. That, that's been a lifelong thing for me. My mom and her crafts when it comes to parties, she would like take old refrigerator boxes and like build like a mystery machine so I could have a Scooby-Doo thing. Like she's very, that's where I get it from. She is very, very nifty and crafty. I dream of doing that for a child. That's like. Oh, absolutely. That's one of the main, I mean, beyond like wanting to nurture and love and hold a little thing. <laughs> I also want to be that mom on the block who throws the most perfect birthday party. Um, so on to my second, would you rather? Uh, this week, Netflix announced that there would be second seasons of The Circle and Too Hot to Handle coming later this year. They're both original reality competition TV shows that premiered in 2020. For anyone who's not familiar, The Circle is basically the premise is like how we're all living right now. So it's a bunch of people isolated in hotel rooms and they can only communicate with each other through like this like social media-esque platform and they have to like get everyone to like them. And if they're the most liked and they win a bunch of money, um, <laughs> And then Too Hot to Handle is sort of the opposite where it's a bunch of really, okay, well, hot people. I put hot in quotes because I think it's like... Well, the definition of hot in any of these scenarios are, you know, the little pod that they're in. It's all circumstantial. Yeah. And like, sure, like they're all good looking people who probably are all like, you know, DTF. So they they all throw them all in there in this resort. But if they like so much as like squeeze hands too tight, they lose money. So I want to know if you would rather be forced to spend a full year living like they live on the circle in isolation with the ability to communicate really intimately through social media, maybe a couple visits here and there, or like they live on too hot to handle where it's like you're riddled with temptation, but unable to act on it at all times. I feel like. The choices in a way feel the same, Mm -hmm. like to a certain degree, like there's still the element of not being able to touch each other. That's a common denominator. Mm -hmm. But I think I would, at least after this period of time, I I think I'd rather do too hot to handle. Mm -hmm. I'd rather do in person because I really feel these, these social media thing, even if you are intimate with them, it's still, it's still a projection and it's still a barrier where I feel like too hot to handle. There is a little bit less of an opportunity to project an image. Ideally you have of a person onto Mm -hmm. them because you are at least face to face and you can like feel a little bit more of the organic energy yeah. this little woo 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 but <laughs> versus you can't through the through the screens yeah see so if you had asked me this a year ago I probably would have said too hot to handle mm-hmm. but I think what this year has taught me is that one I think social media yamini is probably 
better than regular Yamini. And um, <gasps> most people will think that. And I feel like, you know what? I don't know if that's true. I feel like for a year I could live on her. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that I need, like, I feel like I have been Mm -hmm. in this past year, honestly doing that. And also like, again, like I've been doing this long distance relationship with the internet. Yeah, true. The formula has worked out for you. So if you put him in front of me, we finally got to be together and you said I couldn't touch him. Oh, that would drive me so insane because it's right there, but you can't have it. When it's like not even there at all, it's like, okay, whatever. But that image is very funny to me of him being like dragged and dropped like a sim. Yeah. And you two are there, but there's just this massive coffee table and none of you know how to get around it because sims never know how to get around coffee tables. Like, You're just like, like da, 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 da. there's a coffee table and there's uh, there's the dining room table or whatever. And there's a co- big computer on one side and someone's sitting on the other side and they're having dinner when one person's being blocked by a computer. It's like, yeah, they don't know how to handle that. And I feel like that would be how it would transpire for you two. And I think it would be really, fr- we couldn't woohoo, you know. Couldn't do anything. Couldn't, uh, nothing, no, no fun stuff. So I think that would drive me nuts. And I think Mm -hmm. I could, I think like I kind of have been living a quasi the circle existence for the past year. So I spent two weeks alone in an Airbnb when I came back from college and I was like moving back here. My grandma lives with my parents, so I didn't Mm -hmm. want to like risk anything. So I stayed in Airbnb for two weeks. I honestly had such a good time just like putzing around, being in your own, taking around by myself. Yeah. One thing about the Sims that I just found I think is funny that I just want to share is that when they get pregnant, they stay in their same clothes. And I always put my Sim in like a thoughty little outfit. And it would be so funny to see this like crop top and like short little pleated skirt and this huge baby bump. That sounds like mommy shaming Yamini. And I don't know if I can get down with that. I just, it looks, it looks uncomfortable. It looks uncomfortable. You know, it's not supportive. Like I think honestly, I would wear maternity pants now for days that I like have you know, a lot of, you know, shit going on down there. And, um, well, that's the gag is that I feel like a lot of trending clothing now is kind of maternity clothing by any other name, like this tie dye sweatsuit situation. What is the kind of, what is the separation between it and, and company maternity clothes? So like, you know, there's this whole Gen Z millennial divide about like skinny jeans or whatever. Pre-pandemic, I, I frequented both kinds of jeans. I, I liked, I liked skinny. I liked a straight leg. I liked a wide leg. I liked all kinds of pants. You had bisexual taste in jeans. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now I put on a pair of skinny jeans a couple weeks ago when I like went to the doctor's office or something. I came home and I felt like my intestines had been like punched. It, Rearranged. Yeah. I was like, how was I doing this for like full days? I did like two hours in these pants and I like wanted to die. I was like nauseous. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know like how style will recover from this like pandemic comfort thing because I'm wearing sweatpants every single day like I don't know what I'm gonna do after that and I used to wear a lot I used to wear a lot of uncomfortable clothing just for fashion purposes and I would always be like you know you know whatever like it's fine it's it's a cute outfit like I don't care if I'm uncomfortable but now I think I care if I'm uncomfortable you should care if you're uncomfortable everybody should but I'm an insane person that has been putting on real pants every day during this thing and I Mm -hmm. have to put a bra on every day just so I feel like a transition between your face <laughs> like, just so I look 
feel the transition yeah. between like the modes and like I do have an, an an IRL job during this time so I do sometimes put on uncomfy tight pants but never low rise skinny jeans I don't think I could ever go back it's not yeah. so much the tightness for me at this point as it is the waist the waist is how I ever wore a pant below my belly button I don't recognize that girl I don't understand how I did that because I feel like when I wear a pant that is below my belly button I feel like I look like Mrs. Potato Head it doesn't feel correct like it just doesn't not even in that I'm struggling to even find a metaphor to describe it just doesn't look anatomic it does not look anatomically correct when I have a pair of pants on where it's not kind of giving my your waist waist a little hug your waist feels like it should be supported by something and yes it's like it wants yeah it wants a hug that's definitely what it is maybe i maybe i just want a hug (laughs) truth or dare dare, bridget let's lead with the truth okay um who's someone that you follow on twitter that lately you've like maybe debated unfollowing or seen them in your timeline and been like like why do i follow them that is a messy question (laughs) i i feel like in a way everyone everyone (laughs) i have scrolled through so much twitter where at one point or another that not a single soul has been spared from my annoyance i can't i cannot deal with this shit anymore this onslaught of every day i have to wake up and think of every day i hate thinking (laughs) i just i i think firebomb throwers i think i'm getting a little annoyed with every day there's a thread on something that i never cared to like think about you never cared to examine yeah and then this person just makes you feel like every little pattern or little behavior or everything you've known and we should always be reconsidering things yeah. that we buy into right that's it's healthy to a degree mm-hmm. but man the way that the, the the conversations if we even want to call it that it's generous to call some of these mm-hmm. fucking screaming matches conversations yeah. the way that they just go in circles and we it's become it's come to an extent that's why i was like with the skinny jean thing i'm like is this even a real fight is this even a debate people are having or is it a handful of 15 year olds and a, and a handful of 30 year olds yelling at each other like is this a real cultural yeah. thing or is it just a few people that depend on you being pissed off <laughs> like generating this shit i guess i should like unfollow chrissy Teigen finally yeah that could be your answer that could be your that answer. Could be my answer i mean because i i have such a weird like complicated perception and opinion on her and why i even who cares who cares if i have an opinion on her now but but like I was very annoyed with, I think initially, I actually had to unfollow someone for this, where they just could not stop ragging on her within the immediate wake of her miscarriage. Yeah. And it pissed me off so deeply that this person could not just let it go just because mm-hmm. that engagement was fueling them, that they were like doing numbers for like piling on this woman. Like it, it went beyond it being Chrissy Teigen for me. And I was just like, this is a woman who just endured a tragedy that is unthinkable. And this motherfucker cannot just say, okay, I'm sorry, I'll stop. It was, yeah. but even outside of that, she just says shit all the time. 
time where I'm just like, man, like I really want to kind of believe that a lot of the people that come for you are bitter and have nothing better to do. But when you open the gate and you say like, come look at my $3,000 bottle of wine or whatever, and where you invite these situations constantly, I just think someone needs to take the phone. Someone just needs to yeah. take the phone because. Yeah, I feel the same. I think I feel similar about Christine. Like I don't, I'm, I'm not like crazy about her, but I'm not the things I would be upset with her for are like those things, not just like her existing. Your answer can be that you, uh, you've debated on following Chrissy Teigen. Sure. I'm, I'm going to do it right now. Whoa. Whoa. It's happening live. Oh, oh, oh. Teigen is no longer. And a hush falls over the room. Like the, the shock waves, like mushroom cloud. (laughs) Chrissy Teigen just lost her most important follower. Oh, out of 13.7 million people. Pour one out of the glass of $30,000 wine for the loss of Bridget Foley from Chrissy Teigen's followers list. All right. right. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that answer. Hey, Yamini. Truth or dare? (laughs) I will start with a dare. All right. Um, Do you like follow friends or people you know on Spotify? Yeah. The dare is to text someone that you follow on Spotify and be like, hey, I just saw that last song you listened to. Are you good? Okay. It doesn't matter what the song is. And it'll be, and it's even better if they were just listening to something very joyful. Do you want it to be like any particular person or just like any someone I'm following? It can be totally random. The more chaotic, the better. Okay. I'm... <laughs> Maybe I'll do, I'll do this, this, uh, friend from high school who I like don't talk to a lot, but sometimes that sounds like the perfect contender. Okay. Hey, just saw that last song. Just saw on Spotify, song you were listening to on Spotify. Are you good? What's up? How are you? What's the vibe? Or you can phrase it if there's any particular like nuance of the you know relationship that you can color it with. All right, it's off. Off to the races. Okay. <laughs> Treat the dare. I mean, I guess I gotta do a dare. Okay. I would like for you to go into your notes app Uh-oh. and just like scroll and stop and whichever one entry it lands on, do a dramatic reading of it for us. Whatever's in that note. Okay. I, okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, this is the perfect one to like find. It's from November 1st, 2017. This appears to be notes I took while I was listening to one of Brene Brown's podcast appearances. They are bullet points. And I'm assuming it's Brene Brown because as you will listen, actually, this might have been Marianne Williamson. <laughs> now that I'm looking further on the thing. One of the, like, one of the two most influential women of our time. Yeah, actually, no, I'm pretty sure it is Marianne now because if it were Brene, there would, there, there would be the word shame in here somewhere. And I'm seeing there's not a single mention of the word shame and it would not be. You were on the Marianne Williamson train early. I, and I didn't even know it. That's the thing. I kind of just really loved Super Soul Sunday. I mean, like, I would always skip the celebrity episodes because I was just like, this shit is not for me. But, like, I would always listen to, like, the the thinkers and the authors and the and the whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember, actually, I was in a fucking Uber to <laughs> a rehearsal of something when I heard Marianne's episode for the first time. I remember her voice. I just cried. 
I cried something about like, I think it was something I was, I was fucked up. I was in a phase of my life where just something about her nature and her way. Like I was stressed out trying to memorize my lines in the backseat of an Uber. And then this woman whose voice is like a parody of a transatlantic accent wrapped in cashmere, like just swaddled me with these Uh positive thoughts. And I was just like, fuck, this is what I needed to hear on November 1st, 2017. Yeah. So the first bullet point is one should strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason. The struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions, bitch. One's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. I don't know if I've been following that rule very well, but we'll get get back to that tenet. The freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend, to willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego your own. Oh my god. Whoever this was, they were spitting fire. That's what I wrote down. Wow. Which of those tenets do you follow most? I think the last one. I think that has to do with the purging of the Twitter feed too. It's like, I understand that people have the freedom to say the most silly and ridiculous things about um, gender and society and politics on the internet and they have the freedom to do it and I can walk away. I can walk away. Yes. (laughs) Truth or dare? Truth. Okay. If you had to write a letter to Hannah Montana to yourself at one era of your life, if you will. It could be a certain year or a certain phase of time. Mm -hmm. To what period of time would it be to and what would you say? That's a good question. I think I would write it to me and like my freshman, sophomore year of high school because I think that was like probably the most like just kind of hopeless depressed I felt like in this like not in like an existential way just in like I just was like what is the like everything sucks you know like nothing is good I can't remember a lot of that time just because it's like I don't know you know what I was doing and it's like the lost ages or whatever but I think that I know that like even though I feel like to myself I have right now I feel like I have so much to do and so much to go and like I'm putting insane pressure on myself but I would tell like 14 year old me that like she would, if she met me, she would be like, so in awe. You know? yeah. like, I think that she would think I was so fucking cool. It was very, I don't know, not to get like dark, but it was very like, you know, I was like, I, what's the point of being here at all? Maybe I should like relocate from earth to somewhere else. Yeah, that's what Elon Musk is trying to do. You were ahead of his game. I was. <laughs> he, uh, I patented it. I'll, I'm going to sue him. Yeah. So I think that I would tell her that she would be really proud of who she turned out to be and that she would meet and like discover things that would like be really fulfilling and great and make it worth it. I would also tell her to stop being so like so detail oriented all the time. Like, I think that was like the later end of that time period. When I moved out of that, I want to be here and into the, like, if I'm going to be here, everything has to be perfect. Right. (laughs) It's just like, you can just kind of like vibe sometimes. Yeah. So that's what I would tell her. Great. Love it. To the dare. Hmm. Let's do another truth. Um, So you've been working in retail the past few months. Uh I want to know what's the most unpleasant encounter you've had with a customer at work? Oh boy. 
I mean, generally, I work just so... Just or like so, ever. Or ever in general. In general. In life. Oh my God. Yeah. I think the not the most unpleasant because like the most unpleasant isn't like even charming or exceptional. It's just like people refusing to wear their fucking masks in the store. And there's nothing kind of like... Yeah. I mean, I had to kick this one lady out of the store because like I was like showing her like a face cream on like the back of her hand because that's how we safely sample. But she like kept putting her her mask off to actually put it on her face and I was and she just kept hammering me like what are the anti-aging products in the store because none of the creams in this brand like say anti-aging so she was just like how do I know this is like anti-aging and I'm just like I don't know lady like do you want me to point you to like the bottle that says old hag cream because we don't have it we don't have it so go so if you're looking for something that direct we are not a store for you so I I had to escort her out of the joint because she just refused to comply but I think the weirdest interaction I have often is men come into the store and all the products are very, it's all personal care and it's all unisex and it all looks very unisex. They are very like, where's- I want a product for yeah, men. Yeah, they want a face wash for men. And I'm just like, what the shit does this mean? What does it mean? It's soap. How, what is so different and exceptional about your skin besides the fact that it looks kind of like shit that you need this to say that it's men's face wash? I don't understand. I don't get it. Some men like won't drink juice because they think it's girly. Like it's like, live a little. They won't drink juice? They won't have smoothies because smoothies are girly. What? And like, no, like, (laughs) like I have stand up about this. Like I was once um this restaurant like this guy was like trying to hit on me and my friend and he asked what we were ordering and we said like something with tofu and he was like ew like i'm a dude like dudes don't eat tofu it's like yeah i mean there are some cisgender people are so adamant about their performance of their gender in the face of like perceived fluidity they get so like scared and like so i think particularly like cis men get really threatened by the idea that like other people are comfortable enough to not have to cling to that right that a night cream is just a night cream and that your skin doesn't care how you label yourself everybody needs panthenol and green tea honey everybody needs a lipid barrier that is fortified regardless every product you own has to like affirm your gender my phone has to be wake up in the morning and it says yamini this is a phone for women Mm -hmm. i drink my water and it goes this is a water bottle for women womenly water and Mm -hmm. otherwise i won't feel it's like do you not have any object permanence have you for do you need everything to be labeled man in case you forget (laughs) i mean if you have if you legitimately cannot remember who you are and i will write the word man on the cream for you so you remember but unless you have like i think that i think if that's the problem they're gonna need more than a cream. exactly exactly <laughs> and that's and that's not my ministry to fix that i'm just hawking skincare honey that's i can't i can't fix those kind of problems <laughs> truth or dare i'll do dare. yamini i dare you to go to your most recent actually your most recent tweet with the most text right i want to give you an opportunity to play here and i want you okay. to Quote, tweet it with a celebrity impression impression reading of that tweet. Okay. Do you have a celebrity? Do it is Dolly Parton. (laughs) Okay. There you go. I'm scared. I'm really scared. Okay. I pulled it up on my computer so I can record it on my phone. 
My love language is being the one non-academia friend who reads the academia friend's papers to ensure they make sense to the average dummy reader. Wow, you really got like the peaks and valleys of that correct. I think that was actually a pretty workable impression. You could keep at that because I think the key to Dolly Parton, in addition to the drawl, is like the the certain peaks of the sentence yeah. and there's always that one that hits and then it goes back down like that grand old opry command it's a bit sing-songy in a way but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, and I, I love dolly so i will keep that keep it up i'm working on my my kamala harris but i feel like it's not fun anymore to know how to do yeah I, I, at this point it feels like a better kamala and harris impression is just walking yeah she's <laughs> putting on a that's suit most of what she is doing so all right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Bridget. This was such a blast. I feel like we covered such a range of things from like deep mental health to Jessica Simpson <laughs> homewares. Yeah. Do you have anything that you want to share with the listeners right now? I guess I'm I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Bridget M. Foley. I'm New York based. If you think I'm funny, have me on your rooftop this summer, honey, when those shows return. <laughs> um And yeah, I just hope you and yours are well, people. That's all I've got to say. That's all I've got to (laughs) say. Again, if you're a lady who owns a toaster looking for love. (laughs) I'm here with open arms. Every toaster oven needs a piece of bread to put in it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you all so much for listening. (laughs) See you next time. Thanks so much for joining our pillow fight. See you next time. Pillow Fight is a production by me, Yamini Nambimadam, with music by Greer Baxter. Follow Big Comedy on social media at I Love Big Comedy.